So hello everyone and welcome back to another Legal Diaries podcast. I am so excited today because I'm joined by Kel Gallivan, um, who is a newly published author, um, as well as a Instagram wonder woman when it comes to all things financial. Um, so I will hand over Kel to do a more um, in-depth introduction for us. <laughs> Hi Daniel, it's absolutely lovely to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you. And I'm so excited because I actually cheekily just got the book the other day. And like I've already started tabbing it because I'm like such a little nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a good sign, I think. Yeah, that book was a, a labor of love for several years. So it's actually nice to actually see it in its tangible form now at this stage. But I suppose to give people a bit of a background as to who the heck am I? Um, <laughs> my, my backstory, uh, really briefly, I, I worked in pharma for 16 years. I loved my job and I had dedicated a lot of my time to it. But I found that during that time I got married and I had kids and I found the nature of the job. I was away from my, my family a lot uh, to the point there was one week in particular where I hadn't seen the kids awake at all. And I kind of went, wow. So love my job, but I also love my kids. And I just, I struggled to find that work-life balance. Mm. So I sat down with my husband and I said, look, what can we do about this? Because the kids are going to be grown up and gone in no time. And I, at the time they were five and seven. Um, and we just kind of, I just kind of thought, look, no matter what, I could always work, but I could never rewind time. Mm. So we had a big old chat because at the time we'd, we had two decent enough income coming in and, and you know we had our, our mortgage and all that stuff and just to cut that income in half overnight would have was, was a, a dramatic step mm. but so I thought right okay if I'm going to walk away from a career of 16 years I was going to make the income that we did have work as hard as it possibly could so I embarked rightly or wrongly and for <laughs> and, and with total naivety on a no spend year and the no spend year, I suppose, um, was basically a year where we just pressed the reset button on everything. So I would have been at home, obviously, uh, with mm. the kids. The kids were going to school. But I, for the whole year, for the whole of 2019, I didn't drink any alcohol, didn't dye my hair, didn't go to the hairdressers, didn't go to the salon. We didn't get takeaways. We didn't eat out. We cut our food budget from what was nearly 200 euro a week to 100 euro per week. We cut all our discretionary spending, uh, basically you name it, we cut it back to the bare, bare bones for the entire year. Like we that's so impressive because <laughs> not only did you have like just, cause I look at it from my kind of point of view and I'm just kind of myself, like I don't have kids. Um, so to, to kind of bring a whole family along on a journey like that that must have been really challenging fun at some point times but also really challenging as well yeah um because I'd read a few different books on it like the no spend year I, I didn't invent it like there there have been a few people that did it before but nobody I could find that dragged kicking and screaming their entire yeah. family with them through the whole lot of it <laughs> but do you know what? It, it, it worked out really, really well. Mm. So with all the ins and outs of it, like the, a few things were hard. So not dyeing my hair anymore. That transition for anybody who dyes their hair out there, you know, when you're a month or two in and you know, the roots are there. But like, I think everyone's experienced it with COVID. Like everyone has yeah. experienced it and survived it, I might say. I don't think anyone, anyone keeled over because their roots were showing. Um, 
but yeah and even like did you make any exceptions for like Easter and Christmas obviously because you've two young kids so how did that work? Yeah so we, we did I had to change things around because I was the one implementing the initiative but I, I had to make sure that they had a really good year too because the end game of this yes it was to save money and yes it was to press a reset button and just get a better work-life balance and go back to basics but a year in your children's childhood it's a very mm. very long time so we did do a couple of things so for the kids particularly i i did give them autonomy over their pocket money oh, so, okay so what that looks like was sheer delight in their eyes when they realized <laughs> they were getting that but i what we did was we gave them their pocket their agent pocket money every week and i had to do the chores like make their bed and get breakfast mm. in the morning and all that did the basic things but once they did that um they got their agent pocket money but everything I do comes with a bit of a condition they'll grow up hating me um, they we divided it into three different sections so they had their spending which is obviously their favorite jar to put their money into <laughs> and that was where they could spend it that day that week as they wanted if they mm. wanted sweeties or whatever it was that's what it was totally up to them and I couldn't interfere and they loved that. The biggest kick was the out freedom. of that. <laughs> the freedom of that. The second jar then was savings and savings was very much um, if they wanted something bigger. So if they wanted Lego or something like that mm. the, the, and the lion's share of the money went in there. The third one was charity. So oh. yes. And there was a couple of reasons for that was I, I want them to understand that look you can always give back no matter what your income is yeah. you can, even if it's only a small amount and I also wanted to introduce them to the concept of tax that even though <laughs> I find that so interesting like I've seen so many like TikToks and articles online and Instagrams of mums who were kind of doing that but then when like they did it from when their kid was younger but then when their kids reached kind of an age say like 18 or 21 or, or like a significant kind of milestone age they would give them back this money and they didn't realize that yeah. they had earned all of this money all the way along just by taxing it or and like which is such a good thing because in particularly Irish secondary schools I learned nothing about tax like everything is all self-taught how it works and like it, it should be taught a lot more maybe it is with project maths now but yeah I didn't learn anything about tax in school <laughs> I know and a, a lot of us didn't I don't and even if it is in project maths not every kid would be taking that and yeah I will always remember my first paycheck looking at it going where is it yeah <laughs> and I, I believe it was emergency tax at the time and I remember thinking I've worked so hard and I have like there's practically nothing here. I won't even cover my bills. How do I get my money back? And it was a total shock. And to this day, I still remember that. And I still feel hard done by on the back of it. So I know for anybody starting out, like to understand the concept of, yes, your gross salary is this, but the reality is what you bring home is something different. Yeah. And it's not necessarily as much as what you thought it would be. I think to be prepared for that, because that is a shock to the system. Mm. You, you do make the money that comes in, that is the money you have to live off and that is the money that has to pay for everything in your life from your rent to your food to your holidays to your pension like it, yeah. it all comes out of that one chunk of money it's so funny though that you say that because I remember from the age of like 15 16 um I had a part-time job for like years all the way throughout um like I worked in the same part-time job my local shop up until 
third year university, I'm going to say. Um, and that was the job that got me my first car. That was the job that kind of did all those things. But I think of like, say I would have worked probably nearly full time during the summer. Um, and I remember getting like, 300 euro or something or 400 euro a week or something and now I look back and I'm like what in God's name did I spend that money on like because now I'm like if I was to get that now that would be allocated into certain aspects of my life such as like bills like and in my head I was like I had no bills like I had I got like to build up credit I got like I think a thousand euro car loan um just like to kind of start my like relationship with the credit union and kind of do all that kind of stuff but that was only like 30 euro a week I think or something um and yeah I look back and I'm like what did I spend my money on like I can't put my finger on like one kind of solid thing other than my car that came from that now it did obviously like I put myself through college so it paid for like aspects of that um but yeah it's so funny when you don't have because now my my paycheck each week is automatically squared off to things that needs to go on whereas when I was a kid I was like this is great like this is 300 quid or 150 quid (laughs) I never thought I was gonna get yeah, and, and you're absolutely right there. And it's interesting when you talk about your switching mindset from the, when you started earning money to now. And, and the key to the whole thing is, and money's, money's very, it's not clever per se, but it's if you don't give every euro you earn a job straight off the bat, it disappears off to somebody who will give it a job and yeah. make the best of it. Because if it's sitting in your account and you don't have, oh, well, that's for my mobile, that's for my phone, that's for my broadband. If you don't do that, or you know, that's for my fun money, that's the one I'm, you know, I'm going to earmark for the pair of jeans I'm saving up for, whatever it is. If you don't do that, it just disappears off and you'll be tired on a Friday night or you'll be bored on a Saturday afternoon and it just wanders off and you yeah. don't have it anymore. And that's where you rock up a couple of years later going, oh, I want to buy a house, but I've absolutely no money for a deposit. But it is because it was never given a job. And that was one of the things I took away from the no spend year. I thought before it, I was okay with money. But that year forced me to really slow down and think about all the spending, where everything was going. And you just realize all these leaks everywhere. And if you don't become aware of them, if you don't track it, if you don't give your money a job, then you rock up at the end of it and you go, oh, where did it all go? Yeah. (laughs) What was all that about? Yeah. And like, especially like if you think of um, points in time, because as you get older, like um, I like you put in, say, to get tax back and like tuition fees or on like health or even just you overpay tax and stuff like that. And I find if I don't allocate that money, because that's obviously a surplus of money, um, that just kind of dwindles away as well. So even one of my friends, her her kind of best mindset is if she gets an, an uplift in work and her pay, she doesn't treat it like an uplift. She just lives off the salary she kind of started with. And whatever Sucker. the uplift is, just she, because she's, she has, she never changes her lifestyle to suit a new kind of higher income. So she doesn't kind of know kind of, oh, I can buy that or I can do this. So that just automatically goes in and she just lives on what she's been living on. Um, and I'm so jealous. Like she, she invested money and in everything and she's her deposit and everything saved. And I'm like, I mean, I'm pretty good with money and I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty, but then when I was hearing, like seeing her putting like investing and stuff down, I was just like, oh, maybe I'll get into that and do that. And there's all these different, like everyone has, and I've now realized that Gen Z, like I'm a millennial, but Gen Z have about 
four different streams of income. And, <laughs> and yeah, and we were watching actually a show last week. I don't know if you watched it on RTE and it was the way we were. And it was like, it goes back to, um, like they talked about holidays and how they've changed, shopping and how that's changed in Ireland. And then they talked about the world of work. And they spoke about like, when people used to go down to the docks with like no job and just be given work for the day. Or that when you entered a job, you entered a job for life. Whereas yeah. if I said that now to people like, oh, I've worked here for 30 years, they'd be like, why like when you can move and you can do this so there's there's not that per- much permanency anymore with with like employment and stuff which kind of scares me a little bit more with money <laughs> with money stuff it's uh, you know what you're you're so right we've changed so so much in the last few decades like scarily so but in a really good way because now they there isn't the fear of moving jobs and there would have been before because the idea of changing jobs back and now I'm going to really show my age here but I remember <laughs> grown-ups when I was growing up that if you changed your job it was what went wrong with the job yeah it wasn't because you were bored and you wanted more or you wanted a better salary or you wanted to get into something more interesting or develop yourself more that didn't necessarily come into it it was much more about no but you have a job why are you leaving it so but also the educational system has really come on mm. we like there's so many more things open to us and, and even i remember the very first time i saw an app and a smartphone and my children i did i think this is a, a funny one we were in before covid uh, 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 a furniture store and they had this retro phone and it wasn't even the rotary one that you put your finger in and bring it around it was it had the buttons on it but it had the handle with the roundy wire uh, coming out of it and my kids were they were standing in front of it looking at it and they were discussing like about this phone and I don't think it even worked I think it was just like an ornament oh my god that makes me feel so old that they didn't know <laughs> what it was they didn't know what it was they that's... genuinely didn't know what it was and I had to explain that that's what a phone is and my my son would have been probably three or four at the time I remember him rolling around in peals of laughter going, mom, you're just messing. This is a phone. And he pulls my phone, my smartphone out of my bag. And I was just, they, it's just times have moved on so fast. And you're right. The new generation coming up are so sharp and so fast and so well-educated. And I just think it's a fair play to them. And mm. there is an interest in managing money better because People are understanding there isn't the job for life. So it's, it's on you. It's that personal responsibility that wouldn't necessarily have been there before at the same level. And I just love seeing it. it is yeah. Yeah. Like even I noticed the difference between me as a 21 year old. Like, and I was, I was quite, um, say, like financially like educated and, and, and was like very kind of aware of my money. But like... <laughs> My little brother is like a little miser. Like he will not spend his own money if he doesn't have to. Like he's very aware of how much exactly he has here, there. Like he's the type of person that would probably have his credit union or his communion money probably still sitting in his credit union kind of person. Like, and it's because he's that kind of, whereas before, like, like I don't, like, I think it's getting better. But even I look at kind of money habits of say my parents' generation, and I'm like, I think our money habits are probably the the younger you go down, they get a lot more kind of better. I, yeah. And I think it's because maybe it's because life costs more now or something or just 
Um, but yeah, that, that's super interesting. Yeah, because I, I worked in a school and I remember explaining to the kids before that because uh, they were giving out the Wi-Fi I wasn't working in the house. And I said, girls, I remember when if my parents woke up at two in the morning and they picked up the landline and heard the bleep, bleep, bleep noise, they came in roaring at me because they knew I was on the internet at 2 a.m. in the morning and I wasn't yeah. supposed to. I was like, like you couldn't use, if you didn't have two different phone lines, you couldn't use the internet and the phone at the same And they were like rolling over with laughter. And I was like, I'm being serious. Like, and I was like, girls, this was only about like 10 years ago. Like, it's not like yeah. it was ages ago um and it's it's gas and just because my parents moved to the country so we were longer in getting like broadband and stuff um so you would have had dial up a lot longer yeah or the the kind of modem the mobile kind of modem broadband which wasn't essentially broadband um but yeah one thing i'd be really interested in is like what did because I'm going to commit to doing no spend month. Um, I'm going to take it from there and I'm going to hopefully bring my followers along um, as part of this kind of how to be an adult series. Um, so I'm going to go through and do no spend month. Um, what did a week or even a day for a no spend year look like for you? That is a really good question. So I suppose with no spend, before you even start, you need to think, well, what's your end goal? What are you mm. looking to do? Because if you don't, it's like giving your money a job. If the 30 euro sitting in your account isn't earmarked to pay your broadband, for example, mm. it'll disappear off. If, you're, if you don't have a really good reason for doing it, so a house deposit to get rid of a loan, to get out of a debt cycle, you know, to get rid of your credit card or whatever it is, or just to build up a nest egg so that if, goodness, you did a job, did disappear tomorrow because income can be turned off really quickly as we yeah. found out in the last year you need to have a cushion there. So you figure out, well, what do you want? And you look at your end goal and you work backwards. Mm. So with no spend, like a no spend day in itself by, by the definition is it's any day where you do not spend any money over and above groceries and essential bills. Mm. And I find that works really well because particularly if somebody is a bit more of an A-type personality or they love perfection and we're always oh, be perfect, be perfect. But I think perfection just gets in the way of getting things done. Yeah. So a no spend day, if you do your week's grocery shopping and if you pay your mobile phone bill, that's still a no spend day because they're the things you need. You always need to eat, right? It's, yeah. it's one of the, what I call the fat expenses. So food, accommodation, transport. Yeah. So you kind of have to have those to, to, to live a life yeah. and just exist in society. So you shouldn't be penalized for those kind of things. So your rent, your broadband, your phone, your food. Mm. So they're all count as they, you, it's still no spend a day. What a spend day would tip over into is if you're scrolling through and you see a great sale and there's your know, jeans are 70% off and you go, oh, aren't they lovely jeans? But you have 10 pairs of jeans in the press. That tips you over into a spend day so it's yeah. the mindless spending or there's a great deal on beauty products or there's a great deal on whatever it is but you don't actually need it yeah I saw actually a really good tweet the other day where it was like um just because you bought a thousand euro item on sale for 750 euro it doesn't mean you 
you saved seven or you saved 250 euro it actually means you spent 200 or 750 euro and yes. I've never thought about it like that because everyone sees a sale and they're like oh my god that's like 50 euro off but you're actually not saving 50 euro because you're probably spending 100 euro on the item exactly and look if you need it if it's something like your phone is smashed and you actually need a new yeah phone, because I think that is part of being connected nowadays then Yes, if you get a really good phone, 50% off. Yeah, that's value for money. But if you don't need it and you have credit card debt or you have something else going on or you don't have savings, you don't have a rainy day fund, mm. going down that tunnel of, of getting something that's 60, 70, 80% off, it's not a deal unless you actually need it. Yeah. And that's where the, the whole concept of no spend is, is to get people to slow down and just think, well, I have gone to college. I've educated myself. I've trained myself. I have gained experience. I've put yeah. in long hours. I've commuted all to get me to this salary, this paycheck that I get on my weekly, monthly basis. Is this thing worth all of that time and energy? And is it going to bring value? Yeah. That's is so it interesting. going to make my life better? That's what you're looking for as an end goal. Yeah. Cause I think when anyone ever hears, no spend even my mind automatically would go to you but sure you have to spend money because you need to live but like that's not like it's spending money but that's say your needs so if you split it into your wants and your needs exactly. so exactly you have your needs such as like light water heat food transport um even like say if you have i don't know three pairs of work trousers and they all happen to no longer fit or they're becoming in disrepair like that is a need in the sense that you need to be able to go into your form of employment so you need to really have that separation of things Um, and I know in your book you talk about the habits then of mindful spending so you really need to be mindful Um, and it'd be interesting if you could just run through them um, for anyone listening Absolutely. So see, with the no spend year, I found that there were certain things I started doing over and over again to make it work. Because if you Mm. don't have a bit of a structure and a bit of a system, winging it will just make the whole thing really hard. But if you have something really simple, like I like to call them velvet ropes. So you know when you're outside a cinema and you don't mind queuing and you follow along the queue because of all those little ropes going along and it just guides you. And it's much easier to follow a velvet rope than it is to just be in a huge big crowd Mm. of people trying to get into one door so these velvet ropes they're the habits the seven habits and i distill them down to basically i'll I'll fly through them i suppose so there's the first is pay yourself first so that goes back to what i was saying that you've trained yourself you've educated yourself Mm. you're putting all this energy and your time away from your friends and your family for this paycheck and if you go through a month and you haven't saved and you haven't paid down debt or you've put nothing into a pension and basically you've nothing to show for that paycheck. Why did you go to work in the first place? Yeah. If you've just, if all your money just disappears off on things you don't actually need and special offers and deals and stuff like that, you've just been the middleman in your own money world. Yeah. That's all you've been. So pay yourself first focuses on getting that kind of emergency rainy day fund in place getting you know putting that money aside the money for the investing the money for all that that's your building money that's where it yeah. gets you forward and your friend you mentioned earlier is really clever by living to a certain standard and even if she gets a pay rise or yeah. a bonus she puts that in that's that's her paying herself first and crushing it like that is yeah. brilliant to hear and i love hearing stories like that. i know so um, that's 
yeah and then for anyone listening as well um i know when we spoke about a uh, recording um i'm gonna we're gonna gamify spending um and i'm gonna put together a template of one to 150 um and you can then cut them out yourself stick them in a jar and every week come rain or shine you need to put your hand in the jar and take an amount out um and that amount of money is the money that needs to go into either off debt if that's your aim goal if you want to get your debt down or into your rainy day fund or so but it come, come rain or shine I've I was started at the start of the year well just December but I'm going to restart it um yeah. so I'm going to restart it with all of my followers so um yeah 150 really yeah because yeah, it, it, it make it fun I know I like it. <laughs> Every Monday, I give myself like heart palpitations at the minute where I'm like, oh, maybe if I shake it up, I'll get seven euro. But like sometimes, like I think I pulled down a nasty like 90 euro one day and I was like, mm. yeah. But I'm conscious of it now. And it, it kind of like, I know that Monday is a save day. Um, and I think you need to do those things. Like what my friend does, you need to kind of have a standard of living and yeah. not think of, well, I'm getting... 1,500 euro as a pay rise so therefore that 1,500 euro is going to go on a new computer because I really want one <laughs> so you need to kind of yeah yeah it has to be you know, if you need a computer because yeah, yeah. it's just about to die that's different but that's where the second habit actually comes in that's and that's the rainy day fund and and this the rainy day fund is phenomenal at just smoothing out life so you know those unexpected expenses that always just crop up like the flat tire the car car, does, car does expenses thing. are like the bane of like my life like thank god I got a new car like two years ago now um but before that I had like my first car and like just the days that I would have issues with it and because I was a student I wouldn't have had a rainy day fund so then I'd probably go for like a week or two being like okay I need to say put this money aside so I can then put it into my car whereas now that I'm older and I've started a rainy day fund I now see the value of not having to sacrifice the wage that I get paid each week or every two weeks yeah and the stress yeah. of that and the inconvenience of that and, and you just having that rainy day fund there just makes everything so much easier because you can just get it fixed get on with your life yeah and and all and the, the, the thing I find that's quite interesting about surprise events is they happen really regularly I know. So by their definition, and I just, it, it's, it, they're not that big a surprise because at some stage the car will act up. At some yeah. stage your stuff will break. The computer will go kaput. The phone will whatever. And it's just having that bit of money. And it's, it doesn't even have to be much putting aside every week, every month so that that little bit builds up there and then use it when you need it. Yeah. And make sure it's only used for that the things you've listed it for, not the takeaway or not the. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's like, oh, I've had a really bad week. Sure, I'll dip into my rainy day fund and have a takeaway. Yeah, it's those kind of bigger, unexpected but to be expected expenses. Like they're they're not an everyday kind of expense, but you know they're going to come up at some point in time. Yeah, and I think the best way that uh, that, that that resonates with me anyway is. A rainy day fund, and that's why I like call it rainy day fund, is we're in Ireland. Mm. And it's going to rain. You don't know when it's going to rain. You don't know how long it'll last. You don't know how heavy it'll be. But it's going to rain. So be ready for it. And that's, that's, the, that's the best way I can kind of describe a rainy day fund. And it's 
once you know you, that it's going to rain, your raincoat is there, you get a good sturdy raincoat and you just throw it on you and off you go. Yeah. Um, and interesting enough, so I was speaking with Donal who came on um, for an episode um, which will come out after this one. And we were talking about like pensions um, and financial planning for long-term financial planning. Um, and would you say a rainy day fund is the same as an emergency fund or would you separate out the two? I w- they're interchangeable. Yeah. I just prefer a rainy day fund because I think... And it's just a pure preference because I just love the analogy of it's going to rain. Yeah. It's a regular thing and it just be ready for it. So it's the extra money for the car, it's whatever. Uh, because I know just, I do a bit of mentoring and sometimes an emergency fund, people are nearly, if, if the car did break down, they're stressing themselves out because they don't want to touch their emergency fund. Yeah. It's not an emergency emergency. But the thing is, that's what it's there for. Yeah. Because I, I just, think, yeah. Because the separation he was giving is that your emergency fund would be, an emergency you got let go from your job so in COVID times if you got let go from your job that you would have a month worth of salary or something or two yeah. months or three months set aside so you didn't go into that all hell panic mode that a lot of people probably did at COVID time because a lot of people were working kind of irregular work as well because yeah. a lot of the industries that closed were the, the that kind the of service yeah. industries and yeah and no he is he is right so with the rainy day fund and I go into it in the book and stuff I would include, you know, if you lost your job. So it's basically there's there's a, a work through that you do of well, what could go wrong in my life? And depending on where you are, for some people it could be a very small rainy day fund, because if you don't drive and you say you're at home and your expenses are quite low, so it's just your phone, your laptop, and a few things, you probably won't need as much as somebody who's married with a mortgage yeah. and a car and you know, all the extra things that go along with it. So you, a, a rainy day fund it's very much dependent on where you are in your life and you just adjust it as you move on. Mm, yeah. Bring you different side of things. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the third one um, is the mindful cash flow. So it's basically your budget. Yeah. Because one of the big, big things is if you don't know where you are, how can you know where you're going? Yeah. And even if you feel that you're good with money, until you write it down in black and white or on an Excel document or whatever it is and yeah. track it and just see, that's when it becomes really clear of where your strong points are and where your not so strong points are. And you'll see the patterns coming up and it makes it with that. It also makes it much easier to see, ah, well, I've put money in my rainy day fund. I see that I paid myself first there. You know, and it just, and it also helps that if you have a tendency to, I don't know, whatever your weakness is, be it I'm going to pick on takeaways and coffee and clothes and all those easy things that are easy to pick on. Um, and if you see that you're spending more in those categories and not putting much into savings, you'll go, oof, okay, well, maybe I'll just focus a bit more on, yeah. you know, cutting back on that. Not entirely, because you still have to live as well, but just yeah. cutting back and putting a little bit more towards actually building a bit of security so that if this pandemic keeps going on or if there is a job, yeah. list, you have something there to lean on. I think the 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 Gen Z and the millennial like versions of that are not just your coffee um, and not just my puppy just ran in um, <laughs> and not just your coffee and not just your like takeaways and stuff but subscriptions are like yes and they're so easy because you sign up to something so say Netflix for example you sign up to Netflix and you're like oh shit that's only like I don't know what it is now like 12.99 a month or something 
But then if you then go on to Prime and you sign up and you're like, that's only $7.99 a month. And then you have an Audible subscription. So it keeps like kind of ticking on. So yeah, I'm going to this weekend do the an audit of all of my subscriptions. Yeah. Because <laughs> I just need to kind of, and I'm going to see, yes, I have this. Do I get value for it? Is there any way that I can, because I know with Audible for anyone listening, if you've gone through kind of a phase of, having getting credits each month so you pay your 9.99 or whatever it is for your audible subscription you obviously get a credit a month you can actually pause your audible membership for three months um so i actually at the moment have about four or five credits built up but i haven't just gone on to audible and, and bought a book so i'm gonna pause my subscription for three months um which will stop me pay accruing more yes, credits when i'm not yeah. getting books but yeah, I think I think subscriptions are are the the big one, um, especially for millennials. Because I I could all of my friends, not one of my friends, don't have a subscription to something. And that is that is a new wave of of how things are done, because uh, people stream now. And whereas before, you would have gone in and bought a CD. I don't think my kids know what a CD looks like, you know. Or before that, there was cassette tapes. There was this little fad of mini discs in the middle of it, you know. So that that has more or less stopped now and even having walls of of uh, dvds and things like everything is streamed so but the the consequence of that are subscriptions so mm. it's 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 just the new way and i think you're right doing an audit of your subscriptions is really really important and if you are getting value and you are using it brilliant that's what it's there for but if it's lapsed, are you fine? Oh, well, I don't use it as much or I don't even remember having that one. Yeah. Well, then it might be time just to cut cut that because if it is 10 euro a month, that's 120 a year. You have two or three of those. Yeah. That's a lot of your after-tax money right there. I know. And like I have, I would say, probably about 10 subscriptions. Now, about four or five of them are kind of business related ones so they're yeah. kind of different things I would use for like scheduling and different kind of um website things so I don't feel as bad there um but I would definitely like and I have kind of split them in the sense that my boyfriend has the Netflix subscription I have the Prime subscription so we're not both having kind of two different yeah, accounts yeah. and stuff like that um, and then we have a family kind of account for for another kind of streaming service but yeah everything's just becoming so smart now like you've smart TVs where you can just watch Netflix straight away so like yeah it's just like I'm gonna I'll, I'll, I'll definitely keep you in the loop when I get a final tally and <laughs> Many I'd subscriptions love to know. Oh, I do have. tell me. Oh, absolutely yeah. do tell me. Yeah, because I'm going to bear all in February Um, because like some people are like, oh, well, she definitely has everything together. But I'm, I guarantee you I've about like 10 to 15 subscriptions to things. And even if you think gym membership, like are you using yeah. it? And that's the thing. It's Subscriptions are brilliant, right? Because mm. usually the value that comes from them is huge. Only if you're using it. Mm. And I know for, for doing an audit, what I find handy is uh, actually I often just print off my bank statement and I will mm. get the Rob highlighters and from the kids and I will go through and have the green highlighter. So that's fine. So that's your whatever. They're the good ones you're keeping. And then you have your amber, your orange highlighter going, uh, I don't know yet. I'll have a think about that review in a month or so. And then your red one's going, what was I thinking? Yeah. <laughs> or what even is that line item right there and you'll be surprised at how quickly you can spring clean that out and yeah it, it's it's and you probably will know a lot more about this because 
by law don't you have it has to be fairly straightforward to unsubscribe from something doesn't it yeah yeah no it is fairly and the thing is as well like um one of the big things people get trapped in as well is maybe three months ago you signed up for a month free membership to something and never remembered to cancel it so I now automatically set a reminder on my phone for the day before a subscription runs out um and then I know whether or not I want to go on and cancel it or to kind of keep it but that's another thing like people will have these just rolling subscriptions that they they were like oh yeah I subscribed to that but I'm actually paying for it now yeah and it is I think it'll it, it's a refreshing exercise because yeah. not only will you be decluttering <laughs> your bank statement but you're gonna have extra cash for nothing yeah yeah you're right there and that's a lovely boost and I know for somebody who's struggling to save at the moment if you just put the value of that subscription into your savings each month, you're not going to miss it because you didn't have it because you didn't even realize you're paying it out quite often. Yeah. You know, and if you're not getting the benefit of that subscription, just put that amount into your savings. And that's the kind of snowballing thing that will build, particularly if you've two or three of them that you get rid of. Cause that's yeah. euro a month, multiply that by a year. Like that's a lot of money. Yeah. And like, even this year, like people became, um, their at home baristas and stuff. So people that might've spent, 10 to 20 euro um on coffee and teas and even eating out for lunch are now being forced to kind of eat out at home um or eat at home um but yeah it's it's interesting to see but they don't see that as extra money i'd say like a lot of my friends don't see that extra 20 euro that they probably would have spent if they were in work but now they could probably just put it in like they it doesn't they haven't kind of resonated that that's 20 or extra i have now yeah and it is it's if and this is where the, the i suppose the, the budgeting the, the the cash flow comes in really handy because if you start tracking that you'll see where the yeah. money is going and you'll see how much you have left over and you go oh actually yes there is a bit there and i'm going to transfer it to where it's building and it's actually helping me uh, but that's that is anybody who isn't budgeting out there guys and I know it has negative connotations, but trust me, once you start doing it, it becomes a game. It becomes fun and you can actually see your money growing and your debt going down. And that is that is a, a pleasurable thing to look at. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually going to do up a budget template for the, the month of February. So I'll have it up on my website for anyone that good one. is super intimidated by it because I need to do it for myself. I go through phases where I'm like on it with my budget. And then I go through phases where I'm like, I can't be bothered. So I'm going to keep it as simple as possible because I find that's what works if you just keep it as simple and not as complex. And yeah, I think the simpler, the better. Absolutely. The simpler, the better. And, and I, I, I we were kind of talking about the no spend year earlier, but the end result of the no spend year, and it was just simple things. It was just loads of small, tiny decisions Okay, we're not getting a takeaway tonight or you know we'll, we'll have junk food friday at home because i do believe yeah you still have to have fun right yeah you can't be super good all the time be um but all those little things and even when we went on holidays we're just much more careful and all that we ended up cutting our outgoings by over twenty-seven thousand euro that's absolutely insane and it was just loads of small things that just added up and I wouldn't have seen myself as an excessive spender, but life happens and you kind of go, yeah. oh, look, there's 20 quid here, there's 40 quid here. And, and I think there's, uh, I probably butchered this now, but isn't there an adage, if you want to save, if you want to save 10,000 in a year, just cut back on 27 euro 40 of miscellaneous spending a day. 
I'd say it's probably about that because if you do the one week 150 challenge by the end of the 150 weeks alone and some weeks you'll be saving a euro you'll have built up 5,000 euro I think it is so like if you so if you could do one euro a week if you think you could do that but if you're doing 27 something that's huge like yeah and and that's that's where the big numbers come from all those big numbers are originally made up of tiny little ones and twos and fives and tens and you grow up to be bigger numbers and if you can learn to manage the smaller numbers early bigger numbers aren't daunting they're just the next step and that's when you really start making tracks yeah and like what was your just before we kind of cover the the last um few of the the habits what was your goal for your now spend year because I know that's the big thing you talk about is have something to work towards yes so I I I I did manifesto for myself at the beginning of the year and even though I didn't have an exact number at Mm. the end the manifesto I said I was going to cut my grocery budget in half and I did. We brought it from just under 10,000 euro to 4,900 and something for the year. That's insane. Yeah, (laughs) I said we'd cut our discretionary spending by 40%. We ended up cutting it by over 50% in the end. So that's like just... Now, to be fair that clothes and eating out yeah. when you could eat out and stuff and our holiday as well so our holiday we spent we went to the exact same place same accommodation same everything and it cost us half on the no spend year than what it did on the spend year and it was purely because we just weren't eating out as much it was self-catering you know yeah, we cooked at home, cooked at home we made yeah. our coffees at home and it cost us half which was like wow I didn't think that would happen so so the manifesto it was once I kept by the rules yeah and that was the end goal to see what would come out the other the other side and the the it worked out that yeah once you include tax and stuff it was the equivalent of kind of a 37 to 40k salary was what we cut that's insane like and to do it like I think of myself like I definitely wouldn't do that and um, just <laughs> it's just one income here but uh it's it's insane to think that you managed to do it not only because doing it yourself is probably a lot easier than doing it with yourself and a partner doing it with yourself and a partner is a lot easier than doing it with yourself your partner and your children yeah so the fact that you cut back that much with not not just kids but younger kids so would have kind of more needs and you don't want to deprive them of anything as you said so that you had those kind of things that you implemented like their pocket money and stuff and you did the junk food Fridays and they still got their holiday so you still had those kind of family moments and so it wasn't as if you kind of all lived a depraved deprived year at home no no and that was one of the key things though and and, and that's right when people hear no spend year they, I, all sorts of ideas come into your head but I wanted it to be a really good year for the kids yeah and and to be fair we had actually a brilliant year because we spent so much time outside and we did yeah. so much hiking we saw much, so much more of Ireland and we saw and and not once was were any of us ill and I, I don't know if that was the change in diet because there was less processed foods and we weren't like our, our diet did get better but like nobody was and my son would have always ended up with the doctor at some stage he, he would be prone to having chest and things not one sniffle not one anything and I don't know if it was luck or just yeah. outdoorsy or what it was but and but also I suppose they they there was a lot of play dates we would have had friends over for dinner and things like that they would have had kids there was a great social buzz yeah 
but I am conscious of the fact it's not as easy to do that now. But we had a brilliant year. And I, yeah. I, I met so many great people during the year and the relationships I had with others got better because I was able to slow down and give them the time. And it was, it was a brilliant year that stood to us. And even when it was over, we still stuck to a lot of the habits. Mm. So I still kept a decent grocery budget. Um, now, I, I did bring back alcohol a little bit, so I will have a glass of wine and stuff now. <laughs> that did sneak back in. Uh, but I still don't dye my hair. Um, I, I quite enjoy not dyeing my hair, even though I'm going grey. And I probably get funny looks. The kids think I look like Cruella Deville because of the big old grey stripe at the front. But I, the, the habits that I have still stood, and we're in the third year now, so it was 2019, 2020 is gone, we're in 2021. I'm still doing them. And because they feel comfortable they feel good yeah and life is, is pretty all right <laughs> yeah and there's loads of things you can do because I actually because I do love to get my nails done every so often um, mm. and during COVID I was just really sad that I couldn't go in and they cost between 20 and 30 euro to get like a shellac or gelish or whatever um, and I was like I'm gonna just buy a lamp I was like, it can't be that hard and buy some like of the, the nail polish. So the yes. foundation, the, the polish and the, the uh, top coat. And the last four times I've done my nails, I've just done them myself and I've saved for, and I've made back the money on, I would have spent say purchasing the items um, yeah. after like two. So I think altogether it was like 60 euro. So I made back the money essentially because it would have been 30 euro to get my nails done twice or 30 euro to get it done each time twice would have cost me 60. Yeah. And now I've done them like four or five times and it's really simple. So like <laughs> it's self-care can be done at home. And I know it, it is a treat for some, if somebody really, really likes that, the whole experience of it, just build it into your budget, build in a bit yeah. of money that you have that. But if it's not something if it's something you kind of just do out of habit because you like to have nice nails, but then doing them at home yourself is a really good option. And you have the convenience of doing them at home. Just throw yeah. a bit of TV, chill out, do your nails and just have some downtime. Yeah, because so, there's, there's loads of like, say, especially for like the females listening, just because you were talking about dyeing your hair. Like there's loads of things. Like I got an at-home like tint, brow tint and just did my because I got a notion I was like I haven't been to get my brows done in months I was like I'll get a kit and do it myself and it was fine I wasn't going anywhere anyway in case it like messed up so, so um and even my nails so I still will go in and get my nails done as like a treat but I won't yeah. go in as kind of frequently as I would have previously because I'll be like Asher I can just do it myself at home so yeah and and but that when you do go it is a treat and you yeah. remember it and you enjoy it and you go, yes, that was really cool. And once you keep it like that, and that's why I, I never want anybody totally depriving themselves and cutting back. It's not about that. It's about finding the balance and making yeah. sure that you're putting money aside for yourself and that you're thinking of the future because future you is going to want a house deposit and future you is going to want to travel the world and future you is going to want to do all these things. And by putting that money aside and managing what you have, you're giving yourself the option yeah to do those things definitely life, life gets much easier when you have options yeah definitely um 100 it's so interesting though i'm so intrigued to see even from a month how much i can save um 
from like no spends because I think we got very purchase happy during COVID because it was one of the only things we could do was order stuff online. Yeah. And even I did as well. Like I got, but now some of the purchases I did mull over for a long time. Um, but I bought stuff that I probably wouldn't have bought <laughs> if it hadn't have been for COVID. Um, so I think it'll be good for anyone who's willing to come a lot, especially after January. I'd say so many people have bought things in January sales. Um, just out of habit because it's it looks appetizing because it's 50% off but do you yeah. really need another pair of jeans or a cardigan or yeah um I'm just kind of um conscious that we're gonna cover for the second episode that that um Kel's gonna be on with us we're gonna cover kind of using money mindfully and uh mindful minimalism and digital minimalism um so we might kind of leave those um for the next episode but it'd be great um just to kind of sum up if you could give your say top three tips um without giving away all your trade secrets um for anyone who wants to embark on the no spend year or even is going to kind of join in in february and do the the no spend february my top three tips so for no spend year yeah first off just do you know what? Yeah. Figure out where you are. So track your expenses, know where mm. you are at the moment, write out all your income, all your debts, all your everything. So you have your starting point because you don't yeah. want to rock up to the end of February and go, I've no idea if I did well or not. So figure out where you are at the beginning Yeah. And you have your starting point. The second thing you do put these in the right order now no you're gone i added uh, audio anyway yeah. so take no, your time <laughs> yeah so give me a second with this and i'll, I'll do a little three zero so yes let's figure out where you're starting okay okay <laughs> we're back in the room okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the second thing that i would recommend is figure out approximately how much you would like to save set yourself that little goal that little yeah. target and do a little chart, like a, you'd see those little uh, thermometers. Little, yeah, or the little, you know, the little star charts in school. Yeah, yeah. I, it doesn't matter what age you are. We're all still yeah. kids at heart and seeing something. So give yourself a star chart. And the other thing as well is if you have a bad day and if you fall off the wagon and if things don't go according to plan, so what? Get back up again, dust yourself off, fix your crown, whatever you need to do and start again the next day because perfection is not necessary here yeah what you need to do is, is build up the resilience and get to the end of the month as best you can because when it comes to dealing with money and particularly if you're new to dealing with money you need you need to build it up like muscle memory yeah. nobody does a couch to 5k in one day <laughs> and nobody does it right in one day yeah and it's the same with money and it's it's one of those things you just need to fine tune all the time like a piano the best piano in the world needs to be tuned every couple of months so just be kind to yourself be realistic with yourself and just take it step by step by step and you'll fly through it and you'll come out the other side and you'll be delighted with yourself yeah you'll be so like yeah and like as you said like even though you did the year with the family like a lot of the things stuck because after the year you came to realization that you don't need to spend as much as you are in groceries like actually hilarious that you say groceries because after the doctor today um I went um to go get groceries for my mom um 
and like everything together was like 164 euro um and when I ca- when I we came home and I was unpacking everything um me and my mom were like why did we buy so much food <laughs> like how are we gonna eat all this food why have we got like and then and we're pretty good at like because um the bigger supermarket beside the doctor's um, we can't go near because of COVID. So it's eight of our kind of five kilometer, but because we had a reason to go over, we decided to go to, to the bigger one. Um, but yeah, it's just, and I'd say a lot of people are doing that, like they're buying in excess. But when we came home and we had it out on the kitchen island to pack away, we were like, like, what what are we doing? Like, like I'm doing Veganuary at the moment and I'm very conscious of the supermarket down the road for me. The local one doesn't have many vegan options. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I need to stock up on a good few things for the freezer. And I have like a whole shelf in the freezer now of vegan food. <laughs> the good thing is it's in the freezer and like, I, I do love all the food I got. So like, it'll yeah. be a thing that I'll continue, a habit I'll continue on into kind of February onwards. Um. But yeah, when you kind of bring it and you put it all out, you do a big kind of think of, do I need all of this stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And would you have like meal planned or how did you kind of cut your grocery budget out? That I could actually write another book on purely on the groceries. (laughs) There's so much in it. But no, the the biggest thing uh, when it comes to groceries and everything you said, Daniel, is right. Uh, We... It is, it's one of our main outlets at the moment when it comes to spending money. And it's also something you can't avoid. You have to eat. So it's easy to justify loads and loads of purchases. Yeah. So the, the, that's what's the best way. And it took me a while to get this into place. And that is I work backwards with my shopping. I work backwards from a food waste perspective. Oh, okay. So what I do is I start off by, okay, I want to avoid as much going into the recycling bin or the composting bin as possible. And because I know there's about what 30% of our food ends up in the landfill basically every year. And if you can even cut your food bill back by 30%, that's a huge amount. So when you're putting your grocery list together, most of your grocery uh, prep happens before you even get into the shop. So you start off by going to your fridge first and you start shopping your fridge. This is where the meal planning starts. You look at your fridge and you go, okay, what do I have here that could start a meal? And you write down a few things, a few ideas, like pizza, carbonara, paella, paella, whatever you want. Um, And you get the semblance of a couple of meals. And then you go to your freezer and you look in your freezer and you go, okay, because that's like your treasure trove. We buy stuff, we put it in there and it never comes back out again. So you go to your freezer and you look, okay, well, what can I add what's in the fridge to the dishes that I'm thinking of already? And you build that up. And from there, you go to your cupboards and you see what staples you have. And by that stage, before you've done anything else, you already have two, three, four, five meals at the bulk of them. And you might just be missing the veg or the fruit or whatever, or the milk or the bread. So you, that's where you, you, you have the bulk of your meal plan there. The other thing I do is I have a whiteboard in my kitchen and oh. everybody writes on this whiteboard. So if, if shampoo is running low or if toothpaste is running low or if salt is running low or whatever it is, whoever has noticed it will write it up on the board. So when I have my list done, after going to the fridge, going to the freezer, going to the presses, you look at the whiteboard, that'll give you your staples that, are, that you're running low yeah. on. And very little else needs to be added to your list to have a full meal plan, add everything that you need for the week. Yeah. And that's, that's how we basically do it. 
That's so interesting though, that you mentioned the freezer because the freezer is so good in one perspective um, because you obviously it cuts down on food waste. So if you have something that's about to go off or if you want to buy kind of more reduced stuff, you can put it in the freezer and it will keep for longer. Um, and, but it's also in our house, I refer to it today as the Bermuda Triangle because yeah. we, we brought it home. We got, my dad had asked us to get burgers, I think it was. And then we opened the freezer to kind of sort everything out. And there was already two boxes of burgers buried in the freezer. <laughs> yeah and it was only because i know i took stuff out and wanted to kind of organize some semblance and then me and my mom were like that's it we were like we're just we need to start making our way through the freezer and through everything um because it's yeah it's literally like a bermuda triangle like if everyone went through their their freezer they probably have about three bags of mixed veg frozen fish yeah and and the kind of chopped up frozen bananas that we're all going to make smoothies out of like just yeah. four bags of those and you know all the bits and pieces chop up but by doing it this way you look in your freezer and you go oh actually yeah i do have a tub of bananas here that i meant to use in smoothies but then you go right this week i'm definitely making the banana bread or i'm definitely having the smoothie or whatever it is and you make a point of having that in that yeah. week so that you don't have this build up of stuff or breadcrumbs is another one we make breadcrumbs go oh we're gonna use lots of breadcrumbs but when you see them in the freezer, you try and make a point to go, well, what could I use them on? And you'll surprise yourself of what you can come up with. And there's so many lovely recipes and cookbooks out there. And you can even just Google, what can I use breadcrumbs? Yeah. To top on a chicken breast or you know, stuffed tomatoes with it. There's so many things. And you just Google it and you have all these recipes. And in reality, for the first couple of weeks anyway, you won't have to buy a massive amount when you start this. And that really brings down your food bill. Yeah, no, definitely. It's going to be interesting because I'm going to shop my freezer, my (laughs) section of the freezer for February. So I'll keep it. I definitely like I can feed like a whole, I'd say a family for a week on vegan food though. No, I did buy it all with the purpose of there is no vegan food down the road. Um, So, but now I have no excuse. Um, But (laughs) yeah, but yeah, no, that's super helpful. Um, before we finish up, maybe if you want to tell people where they can get your one, get your, your wonderful book, which I'm so excited to, to kind of make my way through. Um, and the second thing is kind of where they can follow along your journey. So your website and Instagram and stuff. Yes, definitely. So you'll usually find me hanging out on Instagram. So that's at Mrs. Smart Money HQ. And that's where I do a lot of kind of my, I do monthly challenges as well. So we're on we're on a no spend. Uh, we did no spend January, and now I'm looking into a used mindfully February. So that's ah. going to be fun. Um, yeah, just to kind of get people thinking a bit more. So I I'm regularly hanging out there. So that's where you'll find me a lot of the time. If not at my website, so that's at mrsmartmoney.com. So that's where I can do my mentoring and blog posts and stuff come out from there. And after that, then yeah, look, I'm on Facebook and things like that. But with regards to the book, so it's basically wherever books are sold. So my publisher is Open Press. So obviously their website and, and pretty much any place you'll get a book, you should find my book there. Fab. And like, for, and even though I shouldn't be, I, I should promote Irish businesses. So hopefully Eason's are going to stock it soon. So there's a good yes. Irish business. Yeah, um, and Galway are brilliant. Like there's so many brilliant smaller Irish bookstores that'll have it as well. So check them out. Yeah. And a lot of them are starting to do free delivery as well, which is great. 
I know because that is the one draw of book depository. Um, but it kind of at my same, like even for Christmas, I ordered when I was getting gifts for people, I made a point of ordering from Irish kind of booksellers. And some of them actually, if you, if I, one of them actually, I can't remember which, I think it was the one in Rathgar. I ordered kind of about five books. So they just message like they refunded me the delivery cost because they were so like grateful that I got like oh. yeah so I found that really sweet um but yeah thank you so much it's been so interesting and I'm super excited for the next episode to chat about all things minimalism because it's a thing that I'm trying to consciously do in 2021 how it will go we will see but uh yeah thanks thanks so much it was great chatting to you Danielle